Hello and welcome to the Functionally Fit Podcast. I'm Jen Rice and I am so glad that you get to hear from my guest today. She and I met because we are in uh, the same profession and have met through just various channels of, you know, online, which is, seems to be how everybody <laughs> gets connected these days. But welcome, Carrie Jenkins. I'm so glad you're here to share your story with us and some awesome, awesome things about dermatology, functional medicine, all that good stuff. So welcome. We're glad to have you. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here and chat with you today. So um, Carrie has been a um, physician assistant like me, and uh, that's how we originally connected. But I'd love for her to just sort of just roll a little bit with um, her story, her journey through the profession, um, probably first how you even landed in the healthcare profession, and then um, taking us to this interest and focus that you now have? Yeah, so it's an interesting story. Um, I feel like I have been a helper or a healer my entire life, uh, just very nurturing um, instincts. And I knew that I wanted to be in the healthcare profession in some space. And when I graduated high school, I really was unsure of which way I wanted to go. So I ended up in a radiologic technology uh, program. And I am a certified um, x-ray technician. And I did that for about 10 years. And it was really fulfilling. I worked in a specialty of orthopedic surgery. I worked in the OR. Um, and then I worked in outpatient um, imaging for about uh, seven years. And it allowed me to take classes um, at night and get my prerequisites for PA school. So it was a really um, an amazing profession. It was my first uh, medical career and I loved it, but it was the springboard and it allowed me to get my prerequisites done and apply to PA school. And I was an older student. I uh, got into PA school at 28 and a lot of my colleagues were, you know, younger, but there were, there were many that were much older than I was um, also. So I probably was in the middle. And I went through PA school here at Nova in Fort Lauderdale. And immediately upon graduation, I fell into the, a dermatology job. One of my classmates got a job in dermatology and she came in and had me like follow her for a couple of days. And the owner of the practice offered me a position. And I was kind of like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Um, so I was very blessed um, in that I was able to start in dermatology straight out of the gate. So Me, I have, you know, I want to interject a real quick, what year was this? So I graduated PA school in 2000. Okay. So see, I graduated in 05. And um, when I talk to, you know, newer physician assistants or other PAs that, that want to break into dermatology, it can be a, a lot more like you. I, it was my first offer out of like literally as a brand new PA and mm -hmm. you know just as medicine has changed a bit it can be harder for um, those positions to come about so I do agree with you that I feel super uh, lucky and that the timing at that point uh, and the way medicine just happened to be at that time it was um, you know, the PA wasn't quite, I remember explaining, I don't, and I'm sure you do what a PA was to like literally every other patient, right? Like did, yes. they didn't really know. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. How do you fit into this practice? And when am I going to see the doctor? And when are you going to med school? And I was like, oh my heavens, this is painful. Yeah. And that went on for probably quite a few years. Right. And then, I mean, of course, recently now it is sort of the one thing I love about the, the growth of our um, profession is the awareness and appreciation that now uh, just really is across so many uh, patients we see. Whereas I know when we first were out there, it was very, uh, it was sort of a little bit of, it was resistance maybe. Um, definitely yeah. it was a change, but there was, you know, I think that what's really cool is that it's now, um, like what was it, the number two job in America? Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really exciting. And it, it is, yeah, it's really yeah. exciting. But yeah, I faced that too. Every single day I would go into clinic and you know, I just remember having to give like the first three minutes of explaining how I went to school and why I chose this profession and how I'm really happy being a PA and, and all that. But yeah, that, that has slowly, you know, that slowly went to the wayside. I don't feel like we have to do that as much anymore. Thank heavens. Yes. Yeah. It's good. Good progress. And, um, and then for those people that may be listening that do want to break into dermatology, um, I would say that it is possible. There are opportunities. Um, yes. There are, it just maybe is a little bit, um, you know, you may have a few hoops just like with school and getting in right. nowadays um, more so, right? So yeah, for sure. For sure. I always say that I, I didn't go looking for dermatology. It found me and it claimed me. And I feel very <laughs> blessed and honored yeah. and, and humbled to be able to have done that uh, because the experience has been really wonderful. It, it definitely uh, fulfilled uh, my desire to be a professional and have a career and then still be able to have a family and be able to disconnect. Um, I worked full-time for many, many years, and then I gradually went down to part-time, and then now I'm kind of part-part-time. And my, you know, my experience has been that um, I've been with the same practice for 23 years now. Wow. And you know, they're very, they, uh, I, I, I'm just a part of the team and it's, it's a, it's a lovely, you know, if you can get your foot in the door with the right practice, it's really a wonderful, rewarding, um, field to be in for sure. That is amazing. The same, I, cause I, my career is a little bit different in that I kind of, well, I've worked in three States and then kind of bounced around the different um, practices for various reasons. Some of it being very big, big practices that are, you know, 80 locations, others oh, wow. being, um, you know, just one doctor or two doctor type of places. So I feel like there are a lot of different practice settings that we can, can grow in. And so when did you first, um, see that there might need to be some additional learning that you'd like to do? Cause you were probably pretty, you know, cruising along pretty good, like getting to be the expert in your field, which is wonderful. But when did you sort of feel the tug to learn something else? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it's amazing to me when I look back about my trajectory and how that actually unfolded for me. Uh, like you said, I was cruising along, you know, you get married and you buy a house and you're paying bills and then babies come. So here I am, I'm a mom and I'm, you know, I'm working and I'm managing uh, to, to balance everything to the best of my ability. And I felt like I was doing well. I did have these every now and again, these little, um, I don't even know how to describe it, little twinges that kind of came over me where I would feel the frustration of 
the medicine that I was practicing. And I would kind of get a little agitated and be like, this is not what I went to school for. I, I, I thought I was going to be really making a difference. And, you know, listen, at the end of the day, a dermatology practice is a business, right? They want you to see as many patients a day as you can. It's all about the billing. It's, you know, about being uh, productive and, and revenue and that sort of thing. And there were days where I just kind of got aggravated and thought, this is, this doesn't feel good. And, and then, you know, it would pass. And then I would say about 15 years in my youngest daughter was about 12 years old and she started having some tummy troubles. Like it was very vague. You know, she, she just was having this dyspepsia type of a thing and she would complain about it here and there. And I would ask her questions and it never really amounted to much. And I never really um, focused on it. It was never something that was such a big deal where I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to make an appointment with a pediatrician. We've got to work this up and figure out what's going on. So I kind of let it ride for quite a while. And then she consistently started telling me that she wasn't feeling well. And she started belching and burping when she was eating. And she told me she just felt yucky. And, you know, here I am, I'm her mom, but I went right into PA mode, right? I'm like, well, is it stabbing? Is it burning? Is it, is it better when you eat? Right. Is it lessened when you eat? When is what have you tried? What makes it better? What makes it work? Does it, you know, does it radiate? Is it, you know, and she looked at me and she's like, I don't even know what you're asking me right now. I just don't feel well. And I was like, okay, Carrie, you need to get a check here. So I, I, was I was struggling because I knew that if I made an appointment with her pediatrician, they would scope her from the top, scope her from the bottom. They would image her. They would give her some medication and they would label her with IBS. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I just knew deep down inside that that wasn't the answer. That wasn't what was going on with her, but I did not know where to turn. And I, you know, I turned to the internet. I, I did what my patients do. I went on Dr. Google and I started Googling, right? And I found a holistic um, nutritionist in my, in my city and I made an appointment with her. And that was the life-changing moment. That was the biggest aha, eye-opening, oh my gosh, the heavens are aligning. I made the appointment. I went in with my daughter. It was a two hour and 45 minute visit. Wow. And when we first walked into her practice, we were greeted and she had a little reception area. And in the reception area, she had floor to ceiling, wall to wall books. And I was like a kid in a freaking candy store. I was pulling books off the shelf and I'm taking pictures with my phone. And it was all, you know, Jeffrey Bland and uh, Dr. Pozzorno, how to detoxify or die. And it was all Mark Hyman and his nutrition books. And I was like, this is where it's at. And then and, I went in. One thing I want to interject is that some people uh, that I talk with, you know, whether it's fellow PAs or, or physicians, um, sometimes they don't know too that these doctors um, and other health experts that are spearheading, you know, leading the charge of functional medicine, they are really board certified. Most of them were practicing physicians in. ENT um, to like ear, nose and throat doctors, or they were uh, maybe internal medicine, or yeah. like they were an expert pharmacist, or there, it, it isn't like people just sort of um, come out of nowhere, like charlatans that don't have any other kind of any other medical or science background. It's really, I feel like most people land in functional medicine and integrative medicine, because either they or someone in their family experiences a health episode that conventional medicine doesn't 
seem to help them to the extent that they want them to be helped. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, like you said, these leaders, these giants that were standing on their shoulders, you know, the big names, the Mark Hyman's, the Jeffrey Bland's, the, you know, the people, these, these guys have been, you know, practicing medicine for, you know, decades. These yeah, are Amy legitimate. Myers, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, they've been practicing for decades. These are smart, smart people. And they have the same type of experience. Just like you said, they themselves had a health challenge or somebody in their family. And then they were opened a door opened and they were exposed to this whole new way of thinking. And, and that's exactly how I fell into it. And when I went into this visit with this nutritionist, she sat down and said, tell me about your daughter's birth experience. And I was like, what? She said, tell me about your pregnancy. Tell me about your delivery. And, you know, my daughter's birth story, it mattered. Like she was a planned C-section because my first child was an emergency C-section. My, my OB was like, I'm not taking chances with that. Again, we're planning your second C-section. So she was a planned section. She was excised, came out a beautiful looking baby. And within the first 24 hours, she started running a fever. She ended up having a sialolith, a little salivary stone in her parotid gland and she spiked a fever and got really, really sick. And they ended up starting an IV in her scalp. And she was on IV antibiotics as a 24 hour newborn. And I later learned that those antibiotics affected her gut microbiome. And that was the very first domino in her story of her health that allowed what happened to her to happen. So when I sat in front of this nutritionist and she started asking me all these questions, my mind was like blown. And I thought, I just have to get into this in some way, shape or form. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, about five or six years ago and functional medicine was really still just on the forefront. There's so much more awareness of mm -hmm. functional and integrative medicine now, but I had the unfortunate experiencing experience of Googling functional medicine and Wikipedia has a really nasty definition on their site of what functional medicine is. And I remember reading it and being taken aback and being, being thinking like, well, I don't want to practice quackery medicine. And I, that's not who I am. I went to PA school and I was taught medicine and I practice medicine and darn it, I'm good at medicine. And I don't want to give that up and be thought of as a looney tune. So I kind of um, just pushed it aside, but the universe kept calling me and kept ah. giving me messages and kept giving me signs and signals. And, you know, I really, in my soul wanted to pursue it. It was fear that was holding me back. And I will never forget, Jen, um, this very moving story. I, my last patient of the day in clinic uh, was a 16 year old African-American girl who came in with her aunt and her grandmother. And my nurse came out and said, um, she's a brand new patient. She was just diagnosed with systemic lupus erythematosus. And, um, you know, she's a new patient to our practice. So I kind of collected myself and took a few really deep breaths. And I went in and sat down on my stool and sat in front of her and introduced myself. And I put my hands on her and I said, tell me your story. So, you know, like, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's, why are you here? What's going on? How can I help you? And she looked at me dead in the face and said, I was just diagnosed with lupus. My grandmother has lupus and my aunt has lupus. And I want you to tell me how my diet affects my disease. And I tell you what, I looked at her and I said, I don't know how your diet affects your disease, but I will tell you that I am ambitious and determined and driven and we will figure it out together. And she said, okay. 
And I finished that visit and did the best I could to get through it because I was so thunderstruck. Mm. I got done with the visit. I walked out of there and I lost my marbles. I started bawling and I was like, okay, I hear you loud and clear. This is what I need to do. Like this was the sign. So it wasn't a God whisper. It was like, uh, it was a listen to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I just remember that entire drive home. I rolled down my windows. I didn't have the radio on and I just had conversations with myself and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And that was my, that was my inspiration. Really. That is so awesome. I love that. And that, you know, patients are, so I practice to still a part-time, um, about three days a week. And I do have patients, especially, oh, I won't even put an age on it because I've have had patients, my parents age even ask me about lifestyle, but I do see more pushback on antibiotic treatment, um, ongoing steroid use. Uh, isn't there something else we can do? What other choices do I have? I don't like the idea of being on a immune suppressor. I feel like I'm on too many medications already. Have you seen my drug list? Um, how could I possibly take something out? You know, this is really happening in this like behind closed doors, with you and the patient, there's concern. People are listening to the, to information that, um, slowly more information is getting out there and they want better options than what we often will give them. Now I'll be really honest and say that sometimes our options are because we cannot, at least in, um, you know, dermatology practice spend 60 minutes diving into the history. Um, but I do think providing patients with resources outside of what we do is probably the sweet spot for that. So I think that if you're a busy healthcare provider listening to this, or if you are a patient that feels like your healthcare appointment is short, it is set up that way. And we're all in this whole system together, but there are alternative, um, I want to say alternative, there are additional resources that you can use, whether it's like a coach like you had had um, with this holistic nutritionist that her, her appointments are set up to be that way, um, or a functional medicine practitioner, or a doctor of oriental medicine. I mean, there are different things that can be for different people. But then we come to the, 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 the like the big, the big rate limiting step for using all of those things is they're not insured, or there's no insurance coverage for it. Uh, you have to self-pay. I would argue though, that you could save yourself a lot of long-term money by, but that's very hard to, there's a gap that has to be bridged because this does not help people that are struggling paycheck to paycheck. So that's probably a whole other podcast we go into, but yeah, you know, if somebody has limited, very limited resources and you're seeing the, the, the 10 minute visit that you can, can have, uh, then maybe what we can do is offer just a little bit extra in the way of books or 
websites, I often will just be like, here's a podcast. This is very, you seem to be very in tune to this and you want something more for your eczema. You know, I think if you listen to, you know, whether it's Mark Hyman's podcast or, or what, what have you, I don't say listen to my podcast to my patients, although I guess I could, but I definitely will say, you know, this could be something that could be a reason or this book. Yeah, for sure. I love what you said that, um, you know, it, it's not instead of, it's both and, right? It's, it's, it's both and. We're not looking to, um, you know, replace the medical dermatologist. That's, that's not the way that my practice is built or set up. It's an additional resource. You know, it's, it's just, it's having a team of people that are really invested in allowing the patient to heal and, and achieve wellness. That's really, uh, you know, what it is that I set up to do in my practice. Um, so I love that you said, you know, there's, there's so many opportunities and, and the cost is the limiting factor. And I try to, you know, give resources like in my community, there is a group acupuncturist that does acupuncture in one room. So it's not a private room where the patient is, you know, only there with the acupuncturist, the doctor of oriental medicine, it's an entire room with multiple practitioners and multiple patients, but that keeps the cost down, wow. right? So, yes. so that is opening a whole new door for patients to experience acupuncture yes. in a group setting and it keeps the cost affordable, you know? So I try to, you know, I try to have the conversations with my patients as well. Like, listen, you know, your health is all that you really have. And if you're not healthy and your life sucks, you have nothing, right? So right. I, you know, I, I always tell people that um, even the cash pay functional or integrated practitioner, you can use your FSA or your HSA spending account on that. That's what this is designed for, right? Mm -hmm. And, and some people are unfortunate and don't have access to even that. And that's where we have to get super creative and try to figure out the group visits or, or just giving them the book to read or the podcast to listen to or the website that they can access and start doing research on their own. But I feel like there is something for everybody. You know, we, we, can, we can be creative and, and find resources that will help somebody. And, you know, even that is just such a gift because most providers aren't spending the time to give the patient any resources. No, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So I wanted to mention, um, you are going to be a uh, main speaker for the integrative medicine track that we have uh, this year for the diversity and dermatology conference. And um, I'm super excited because I'm part of their leadership committee and diversity and dermatology is a, a PA and nurse practitioner focused um, group that uh, puts on an annual conference for continuing med medical education, uh, collaboration, uh, obviously networking and um, allowing even they have a great program that allows newer PAs and NPs like we had alluded to earlier in the um, segment here that um, you know, it can be harder to find that mentoring and they have a great program that can um, help people that are early in their career to um, learn the, the things that they may need to be a little bit more competitive. So I love that. But if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit, um, maybe like one topic that you plan on. Well, first, like why you said yes to speaking, because uh, I think that that would be really um, 
great to share. And then we can go into maybe like, I think we were talking a little bit about acne in particular. Yeah. So part of, part of my purpose on this planet, I feel being, I feel so incredibly lucky to be an integrative and functional medicine practitioner that has a focus in dermatology. I feel so privileged to be that person. And I have really um, come to realize that part of my purpose on this planet in holding the position that I hold is to share what I do with other providers, specifically nurse practitioners and, and physician assistants, PAs. Um, I just felt called to let them know that this is out there and it's it's available. And if you have any desire or any interest in learning, we're here as resources to help facilitate that growth in those pr practitioners. Um, because honestly, Jen, I feel like I would have given my right arm um, if I would have been exposed to somebody doing what we have the privilege of doing. If I would have been exposed to somebody like that in one of my conventional, you know, CME opportunities that I get went to every single year for my medical education, if I had been exposed to a practitioner practicing this type of medicine, I would have done backflips up to speak to that person like, hello, hi, me. Can you tell me how to get started? What do I do? Sign me up. What do I, you know? Yes. So I have so much passion and so much desire to share um, what it is that we do. And I really want to be a part of, of really growing the, the army of, of providers that we need to heal the broken medical system that we have, you know, and, and I say that lightly, um, I'm not against conventional medicine. I still practice conventional medicine and we need conventional medicine. It's just that they shine in acute settings, right? If you get hit by a bus, you really want to go to the emergency room and have them sew you back up and put you back together. It's the chronic conditions that our physicians struggle to really help these people. You know, it's the diabetes that is crushing our, you know, our financial, like it, it's just, it's, it's killing the medical system. You know, it's mm -hmm. these chronic medical conditions that we, that people need help healing. And mm -hmm. I feel like part of my, my job here is to share that, you know, we can make a difference. We just need to grow the army. So I, I'm feel, I, I'm so blessed and, and I feel so lucky that you offered me the opportunity and I got to meet Risha and, you know, really be a part of the diversity and dermatology um, faculty and really just share this message. So it's my intention to, you know, tell a little bit about my story and how I came to be what it is that, that I do and opening my own private practice and just take, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight three dermatological conditions, one of them being acne, and just talk a little bit about how I look at acne a little bit differently and how I work up an acne patient and what my visit looks like and what type of testing I'm going to, you know, recommend and the therapeutic intervention that we're going to recommend for the client and how we coach the client, you know, it's not like our visit doesn't end after they walk out the door, right? I don't just say, this is what I need you to do. Here's your five steps and good luck with that. And let me know how <laughs> it goes three weeks, you know, when I follow you up. No, we have coaching. We have group coaching calls. We have one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, my patients have a portal message that they can message me if they hit a roadblock and they're stumbling, you know, they message me and we get them on track. So it's just about how my practice is different, how I work them up and the results that we get, you know? So I, I really, um, I'm really excited to speak to 
um, this, this specific audience being, being the nurse practitioners and the PAs and any DOs or MDs that are out there that want to join us, we're happy to have you and, and just kind of shine the light on, on how we practice just a little bit differently. Yeah. I love that. So, um, I know we were talking before we started hitting record and we're talking a bit about, um, women, uh, you know, obviously past teenage years and acne starting to be a, a more of a problem than, we, than you and I have really ever seen before in our careers. Um, I'm coming up on year 18. I think you would be then 25, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, anyway, close. yeah. So uh, with that, though, uh, there has been quite a bit of, you know, environmental change. Certainly our food supply has changed our, um, the pace we live, I think, I mean, we were always busy, you know, I think back to what busy was like before the internet, um, it was still busy and some would probably argue like the way we used to have to do things was like a little more stressful because we couldn't, you know, you just literally have to go to someone's house and wait for them to come home. If you were trying to (laughs) really see them because there was, I mean, if they you know, there was no cell phone. Um, but we are like highly industrial now and very comfortable, um, always the right temperature. Um, most of the time, as far as like we're, our bodies just aren't stressed in general, um, like from climate and that kind of thing for the most part. So then now we wonder, well, why, are these women in their 40s, 50s, sometimes 60s, um, for sure, coming up with this acne? Yeah, That's it's reason, right? That we would be. It, like, yeah, and when you look through, you know, the typical medical lens, like they don't know why we're seeing all of it. But I feel like it's just so much more of an epidemic when you know, we're about the same age when you and I were teenagers, you know, in middle school, everybody, everybody had a little bit of acne, you know, and if you were really unlucky, you carried that through to your high school years. And then as you kind of matured into college, things kind of stabilized. And for the most part, people's skin cleared up and I'm just not seeing that anymore. I have, you know, I would say in my practice, I'm seeing more adults with acne than I am teenagers. And it may just be because the adults have of the, you know, more disposable income where they can reach and find an integrative or a functional practitioner and try to figure out what the heck is going on where the teenagers, you know, don't have that luxury, but it's everything that you said. It's our food supply is so drastically different than what our ancestors used to eat. You know, the majority of the population, they're not even really eating real food. Everything is so processed and preserved and food colored and radiated and ionized and genetically modified and our body doesn't recognize it as food anymore. So that's one of the largest problems, you know, diet is really, really so important. And you, you mentioned the, you know, the industrialization and the endocrine disrupting chemicals that are in our environment. It is killing us. And nobody is talking about that. Our personal care products that we're slathering all over our body, our skin, absorbs these chemicals and it goes directly into our bloodstream. And then that is going to every single organ that we have. And, you know, it's just toxic. It's toxic. So we have to get back to basics. We have to meal prep, meal plan, and cook our own food. 
right? We've got to get out of the drive-thrus. We've got to get out of the fast food. We have to clean our homes with vinegar and baking soda. We have got to ditch the fabuloso and the smell that, that, you know, like, no, get rid of that garbage. That is toxic. You know, we've got to use toothpaste that doesn't have fluoride. We've got to filter our water. We've got to make sure that we can eat organic produce whenever possible. All of that is so really, really important. And then the last thing that I want to touch on that you mentioned is the busyness that we have. We don't have any more stillness for ourselves anymore. It's go, 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 do, 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 keep up with the neighbors, post on Facebook and Instagram and show everybody how ideal our life is. And when inside we may be silently struggling, we've got to take the time to breathe. We've got to center ourselves. We've got to ground ourselves. We have to calm our nervous systems And when we start doing that and we sleep adequately and we give our body the nutrition that it so desperately needs to run our physiology, and when we get adequate exercise and we manage our stress, magic happens, right? Magic happens. So it's all of those things. And, um, you know, that's why we're here just to give the education and to be able to be a sounding board and let people figure their way, you know, find their own way and what that looks like for them. You know, what toothpaste do I use? What cleaning agent do I use? How do I, how do I, what kind of shampoo, you know, it's, it's, it's all of that, but that's, that's why we're here. And, and that's the beautiful part of, of having this occupation is just really being able to educate and get people to, to make choices, right. Make choices that will, either allow them to be healthy or not. I love that. And, you know, for me, I was a struggling healthcare provider with my health. And um, I think that, you know, before we close up, I just want to, you know, if someone's listening and you're, you know, a a healthcare provider or caregiver in any way, um, we can often put our health on the back burner and everybody else and everything else comes first. And often it takes a, sometimes a large, large event to recalibrate. Um, I mean, I had a pretty significant health, um, health problems before I course corrected about five years ago. So I think I also want to say it's never too late to, um, we're never too smart, (laughs) too educated to make the same mistakes. Um, And then maybe not mistakes, but just choices. The choices I was making weren't in my health best interest. And when you start to live um, through a lens of, is this helping me or or hurting me? Is this going to nourish me or is this going to take away from what I'm doing, then it kind of can open up this power to the self-healing. And I think healthcare providers and caregivers probably need a a lot of this because I I know that a lot of us are or were very unhealthy. Yeah. And it, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, you hear like, you know, think about when you're taking an airline flight somewhere and they tell you, Put your own oxygen mask on first and then help those around you, right? We as women, as mom, you know, as as women and as healthcare practitioners, we're constantly filling everybody else's cup Mm -hmm. and we're not filling our own. And if we don't prioritize that, we're of no use to anybody. You know, we've got to prioritize our own self-care. We've got to prioritize our own health. And I love how you said. The choices that you were making were not in alignment with what you were wanting, right? 
we cannot live a life being stressed to the gills, malnourished, sleep deprived, and expect our lives to be fabulous and feel well and, and you know, have amazing sex lives and, and have a beautiful fit and trim body and, you know, be happy. We, those two things are diametrically opposed, right? We have to make choices that will allow that response to happen. Yeah, that's so good. So um, thank you so much for, um, you know, our conversation today. I think it was just really great. Obviously, I know that you and I could go on for hours, but um, if someone wanted to connect with you more, uh, learn a little bit more about what you do, uh, what's the best place for them to get in touch with you? So our website is Whisper Health and it's www.whisper-health or a hyphen. It's whisper-health.com. And we also have Facebook and Instagram at Whisper Health. You can find us where we will post little nuggets a couple times a week. And um, yeah, we, we are happy to uh, take phone calls. All the information is on our website, but I'm always open to, you know, if you have any healthcare practitioners that, you know, want to just have a phone call and, and have a quick conversation, I'm more than happy to um, be able to do that and, and spread the word and, and uh, build that army of providers. Um, because uh, that's really what we're, that's what we're all trying to do is just uh, help as many people um, practice this type of medicine and, and, and help the patients that, that really are, are out there looking for our services. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And in the show notes, we'll put the contact information a little bit more um, on uh, Carrie and the things that, that she offers. But thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. It was so much fun chatting with you.